Hello and welcome everyone. In today's show, which is episode number five, myself and Gregor are talking to Chris Gill. But firstly, let's catch up on what we've been up to this week. So Gregor, what have you been up to this week? I've been working on a workshop today actually on platform as a service and innovation. I give workshops to customers who are ISVs. That was pretty good. It was a four-hour workshop this morning. Kind of come across wow. things like cloud adoption framework. Yeah, it was good. No, it was good stuff. Um, I've got two or three people covering the session, so it's, it's good. That's not too bad. Yeah, it's not bad at all. Also looking into a performance problem for one of our customers. We're using uh, Dynamics Business Central and SQL Pass, so I've been doing a bit of digging into that which has been pretty useful. Um, I also gave a user group talk last night to the New England SQL user group, which unfortunately was at 12 o'clock at night, so I'm a little bit tired today. Uh, that was on supercharging your Azure learning. That was really good, really enjoyed it. Um, it was a good, good turnout and stuff like that. But I did go until like quarter to two in the morning, so a little bit tired today. And also this week I've been as a customer with a custom IIS Windows app. And I need to dockerize that and get that into Kubernetes. So I've been doing a bit of that. And lastly, I was talking to a new customer about IoT and potentially selling their IoT services on Azure Marketplace. So I was learning a little bit about that, how you go about setting that up. So cool. Lots of good new learning stuff. So yeah, enjoying it. How about yourself, Richard? What have you been up to this week? Well, my week's not been as busy as yours, which is good for me. Um... So this week, as most people know, I'm getting a new job um, and I'm leaving where I currently work at the end of October. So our new system administrator started this week. Um, so I've been like training him up, you know, sort of on Active Directory, group policies and just how our system works and, you know, antivirus software and stuff like that. Also been training a couple of the development staff up on Kubernetes. Um, this time we've actually got them to deploy production ready Kubernetes clusters including Ingress, which we've used Voyager for. Hopefully we might look at getting them to understand how Nginx works and stuff like that. Um, so that's been really cool. Pretty much um, it's just been a lot of educating the staff for when I leave, basically. So you see you've got a new job. When, when are you going to let everybody know where you're going? Is that kind of towards the end of the month? Or? So quite a few people have guessed already. I'm sure a lot of people have probably already know um but yeah i will wait until the end of the month i'm, good, I'm really good. looking forward to it excited good. yeah looking forward to finding out where you're going that should be interesting so today we are joined by chris gill chris is a microsoft azure and modern workplace advocate he's also an mct blogger and mentor and he comes from rochester new york welcome to the show chris how are you getting on today Thanks, Richard and Gregor. Um, I'm really super happy to be here. Really privileged to be on the show, and I'm happy that you both reached out to me to to come and, and grace this uh, this podcast that you just recently started. I also want to say, Gregor, uh, congratulations on your new job. I know you're probably almost a month into it, so mm. congrats. Thank you. Awesome. So, Chris, tell us a bit about your IT career background and if there is any other career background without IT and sort of how you got started with it all? Yeah, great question. So I'd say a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, but it's been a while. I started around 2002 coming out of college as a C++ robotics, you know, the dev guy. 
Well, I was really hoping that I could find something in that type of field, but you know, at the time, really anything that was available was just help desk support. I've reached out to two different companies. Um, I found a law firm that was looking for that type of support. You know, it, it looked like it was a good gig. Just an, in, you know, an interesting company to get involved with. Within the first six months of being on the job, really just kind of got intrigued with, um, you know, where the company was going, uh, what they wanted to kind of change for their service desk support, um, for their business support, and uh, stepped into, uh, whether I really liked it or not, uh, SharePoint at the time. It was probably one of the best things that happened, to be honest. I learned, you know, infrastructure from SQL side of it, the Windows Server side and support, SharePoint inside and out, PowerShell um, in 2005 when that launched. That was huge for, for us and what we were trying to do. I moved away from SharePoint, kind of got into our infrastructure team, bounced around a little bit, um, now considered manager of Microsoft applications. Um, it's kind of an interesting niche title, but um, I really get to kind of touch all different parts of the Microsoft platform. My primary focus, I'd love to be in Azure. Right now, at least within the organization, we're slowly getting there. Um, I know, I think everyone's had that same pace, to be honest. Um, you know, they want to get to the cloud, they want to embrace the features, but there's still slow adoption, especially for a law firm. So yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at right now is, you know, bringing my expertise, my insight over the almost 17, 18 years now, back to that team with you know anything that's Microsoft related. That's cool. Yeah, I like that. I'm glad you got out of SharePoint. Um, <laughs> I hate SharePoint. <laughs> Bane in my life that. <laughs> yeah, that sounds really cool and interesting that you get to sort of work with all these people and give your years of experience over and that that's cool. So I, want, I wanted to ask you about humans of IT. So tell us what that is and kind of what does it represent to you? Yeah, so another great question. So humans of IT, I'll start with what it really represents and then I'll kind of dive into what it, what it really truly has become. I believe in 2017 is when it really kicked off. I would contribute it to two people, um, Anna Chu and Shauna Bang. Um, they both work at Microsoft. They're both in the Microsoft 365, um, you know, like sales and, and marketing part of the company. Um, but they were kind of, I, I wouldn't say tasked with, they were inspired with getting the community together as a whole, um, really truly like bringing out the best of humanity within tech. Um, and that's key. That was really key driver, even so more so today. But yeah, it's started very slowly, just kind of, you know, as a mentoring type of thing, trying to get some interest. I know there was a transition between, you know, like TechNet and where we traditionally have communicated and, you know, said, hey, I have this type of issue. Can somebody help me? What kind of information can, you know, can I glean out of other people? What can I contribute back to other folks now into the Microsoft tech community? It's, it's been really kind of interesting to see that transition, not only between those tech communities, but more so within the humans part of it. 
again, back. So looking at what, you know, the humans of IT is now, it, it's been this just super engaging community that, again, is not hyper-focused on the technology, but really comes back to how can we as IT professionals, as technologists, really either give back to the community or, you know, inspire others to join in the tech community, but really truly focused on humanity. That's, that sounds amazing. Like just the way you can give back and sort of build that community up and focus not on their technical skills is just really cool. How could our listeners and myself and Gregor, how can we all get involved with humans of IT? Yes. So there are a few different spots. Um, one uh, is going to the Microsoft uh, tech community itself. Um, there is a humans of IT blog um, and there is an al- also a community mentors app. Um, that community mentors app allows that one-to-one mentoring or micro mentoring it also has a few networks involved. Um, and when I say networks, community networks like uh, uh, cybersecurity. So, you know, if I wanted to get involved with cybersecurity, where do I start? There's an awesome mentor that's kind of running that entire community. I'm responsible for the Let's Talk Mental Health. Uh, it's a different aspect of, you know, again, it's like coming from the tech community whether it's stress, whether it's neurodiversity, whether it's um, you know depression, things of that nature. It's all kind of like real, raw, engaging conversations happening in both of those. So it'd be a great place to start. That community, again, that app, it's, I believe it's called the Tribute app that's available on both the iOS and Android devices. Yeah, I've been using that myself. It's really good. So I've been kind of mentoring people. So. Yeah, it's been quite an interesting application. Yeah, I would agree. And I, like I said, I at this point in time, surprisingly, it just, I think it picked up even after Ignite. There was a lot of buzz around it. Currently, I'm mentoring three different people. Two that really are focused on tech and one that's kind of focused on just, you know, engaging uh, networking, community, um, you know, just kind of learning about himself learning about, you know, how did I get to where I'm at? Kind of conversation we're having now. So nice. That's um that's quite inspiring. I think I'm gonna have to go sign up for that app myself, um find <laughs> a bit of time and actually go and help some people out. I'm sure I've got something to give, hopefully. Um I, I, so, I think everybody does for sure. So yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Um so talking about neurodiversity and ADHD and anxiety and stuff like you do a lot as you were just saying with that on that group but you also do a lot on Twitter and other places I believe you sort of did a talk at Ignite last um, in November in the actual Ignite if I remember right I could be slightly wrong I'm sure you did yeah how how was that oh it was um it was fantastic uh I'll, I'll start by saying it was a really humbling experience to be on the stage with you know, it, it, at the time when I saw the lineup of you know six others and myself, um, Donna Sarkar being one of them, I'm like, oh, you know, it's a name, a really good name brand of you know the person that just gives back to the community, gives her heart back to the community. What I didn't realize is after going through that experience, sitting on the stage, it, it wasn't really about 
you know, me or her or, you know, what, what we were really talking about. It was giving back experiences to the folks that came to that session. I believe we had 350 people in that session. That was my first Ignite session. Wow. Yeah, I was, I was a little, you know, I was going nice. through imposter syndrome. Um, there were two of us, maybe three of us that tried to, you know, jump off the stage and, and maybe run away from it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not going to lie. Um, but yeah, you know, Donna was a master um, in that regard. She, she talked us back into it. She, you know, I, I remember, and she might not forgive me for saying this, but I remember her punching me in the shoulder afterwards. And then she goes, I told you so. It was, and the reason why she said, I told you so was we couldn't get off the stage. Like when we started walking away from it, we had a line of folks uh, just coming over to talk and share stories. And um, there were a few people that, you know, again, going to Ignite from 2015 until now, you know, it was, it was really like a, a tech experience up until 2019. Last year was a game changer for me. Because again, you know, after having the talk that we did on stage, um, we talked, you know, neurodiversity as a superpower and how we not worked around it, but worked with it and made it work for us. There were so many people that were coming over and having discussion with us. There were people that were in tears, to be honest. Um, they were so moved by some of the stuff that we were sharing. And, and I took that for granted. I think all of us on the stage took it for granted. But that was kind of the fire for me to just really get going and say, you know, I think we have something here that it's not just about the tech. It's, it's really, you know, how can we, how can we help people just, you know, uh, give more of themselves, be a little more open, be authentic about their, their stories and just try to achieve more collectively. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. I love that. I, I, I wish I went to the session now. <laughs> um, <laughs> I missed it. Uh, got it. Like this year's Ignite, obviously it was online. Do you think Microsoft did enough for this kind of non-technical side or do you think they could have done more? I, I was already prepared for this question, so you're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> I'm lucky too. To be honest, I, you know, the feedback that I gave, uh, and I did send some feedback to um, a few of the people higher up about the, like the table talks, for instance. I mm -hmm. uh, don't know if you both or either of you had the chance, hopefully folks in our community had, had gotten the opportunity and signed up for the table talks, but those were fantastic. To be honest, there were, there were a few people that I saw were upset that they weren't recorded. In all honesty, I think that was a better approach because they wouldn't have had the raw and authentic responses um, had they been recorded, had they had that hard candy shell of, you know, this is going to be recorded and played for other people. Um, I don't think they would have been as good as they were. There was one that was in the APAC zone. It was probably, you know, 11, 12 o'clock my time Eastern at night. Um, it was supposed to last for 45 minutes. It went on for an hour and a half. The conversations were just super engaging. It was that particular session was, um, you know, how is everyone kind of dealing and working through the, you know, work from anywhere, work from home. Everybody had different aspects. Everyone had different cloud transformation journeys. 
there was so much learning from that one session. You know, everything else was, uh, it kind of got lost in, in just that, you know, that one session made it out for me. But to your question, could they have done more? Oh, heck yeah. They, they definitely could have had more sessions like that. I know that I think there were somewhere around 800 sessions that were submitted for table talks, and there were only 20, maybe 25 that were selected. To be honest, there, there should be a lot more, if not twice as many, you know, four times as many. I think those yes. sessions are super valuable to everyone. Um, for folks like yourself and, and myself, you know, I, I think we can bring a lot to those types of conversations. You know, whether it's a Microsoft employee or or somebody else that just knows technology deep or, you know, has has their heart in the community too. It's, you know, it's like those types of conversations, real conversations are super valuable instead of just the, the this is, you know, sort of recorded or sort of already scripted. Um, mm -hmm. it, it's nice to see more of the, the live, raw, authentic stuff. So, yeah, definitely. Chris, did you get any feedback on that? Because it sounds like, and I've always thought con uh, conferences could do with more of this kind of stuff, more kind of soft skills as well. I always think they should be like 50 50 split, to be honest. Right. Did you get any, did you get any feedback on you asking for more of that? Ah, so. I have not officially yet, but I'm also not done pressing buttons. So we'll leave it at that. That's <laughs> fine. Okay. Well, that's um, so, you know, let me let me add a little bit to that. One of the things I did glaze over, and maybe we'll go into it too, but the, the humans of IT piece. So I'm also an ambassador for that, that community. Microsoft did pick 18 folks that were professionals, and then another 18 folks that were students that are just coming into tech, that are interested and engaged um, with tech. Um, the whole idea behind that is, again, like we've been talking, just to kind of empower global technologists, find people that are passionate about it, and really just um, engage their superpowers. So, you know, a lot of mentoring, a lot of tech for good, a lot of kindness and personal growth, um, leadership and whatnot. The nice piece of that is you both are MVPs, right? So you have at least a pseudo direct line to Microsoft um, to give feedback. I do have a representative through that ambassador community that, you know, thanks for the reminder. I'm going to go back and kind of poke her <laughs> and just say, it's like, you know, can we, can we change this up? Because, you know, you're right. We're having another event right in February, I think. Uh -huh. uh, I think it's March. The is, yeah. So yeah, I mean that. You know, wholeheartedly, um, I think if we push as a community to say, you know, let's see if we can get more of those sessions. I think it'll, I think it'll break the wall down. I think it's valuable. So yeah, I mean, I'm in. I don't. I'll try and press uh, it as I can. <laughs> Especially if it's well populated. You know, I mean, lots of people are attending these things. Yeah. There's obviously a, a need for that. Right. And that's, um, it, you mentioned, Gregory, that's, that's interesting too, because I, I don't know what the, what the cutoff was, like how many people could be in the session. Um, I think we had, it was either 50 or 100. And I think that's probably a good size, to be honest. 
you don't want too many people like stepping on each other's toes or, you know, raising hands. But again, you know, everybody was professional. Um, they, they either raised their hand, they took, you know, the opportunity to speak or, or paused for somebody else to jump in. So. Okay, cool. Let's, let's move on a little bit. I want to know, how do you go about keeping your skills sharp? You're a Microsoft Azure modern workplace advocate. How do you scale up and, and keep yourself in the know? Yeah, so well, I've got two friends in the community. One's Richard and the other is Greg that, um, you know, continually <laughs> post information out there nonstop. But no, really, um, you know, that's one of the biggest things is social. Uh, social community is huge for just keeping up this uh, up to speed, up to skill. That's that's one stop for me. The second is um, Microsoft Learn. Uh, it's been pretty fantastic. Uh, some of the content is, you know, I think they started out a little rocky, to be honest. Um, now it's it's pretty rock solid. I, I, the last I looked, there was over 1,300 courses, um, you know, little like micro courses, uh, things yeah. that you can just hop into. Um, you, you have five, 10 minutes, go do it. Uh, go 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 learn something different. And that's kind of what I've been doing is just going out and saying, you know, aside from the cloud skills challenge or any of this stuff that um, is really being marketed, it's like go out and find something that you're passionate about or that you're interested about. I know you mentioned, Greg, uh, about AI. I think on one of the recent podcasts and, you know, machine learning. To be honest, I didn't know really much of anything of that um, at the beginning of this year. Uh, I went out and just kind of set my sights on it, said, you know what, I'm going to go and do a couple crash courses, go through, learn, you know, kind of go out and play with it. I went and took, uh, you know, not driven by one of the exams, but I wanted to kind of gauge where I was. So I took the AI um, 900 exam, um, passed it the first time through. Uh, it was, you know, again, it was pretty easy, but there was a lot of learning and it, it was just, it was different. It's one of those yeah. things where, Again, it's like I think we're so used to, you know, it's like, okay, I'm in Azure, I'm focused on like I'm a big identity and access management guy, uh, you know, Azure AD inside and out. Um, but I'm not so accustomed to RBAC or, you know, I'm not so accustomed to ARM templates or, you know, I'd have to work through some of that stuff. You know, kind of looking at Bicep a little bit. It's, you know, it's it's hard for me to get there, but I know that, you know, if I spend time on it and focus, um, you know, we'll get there. So, but again, it's just kind of finding those little bits and pieces, consumable pieces that are, you know, five, 10, 15 minutes tops. Let's be honest. I've got two kids, a family, you know, it's, it's hard to squeeze it in, but you know, we'll get it done. So. Yeah, it's definitely impressive. The amount of stuff you actually get done um, considering You've got your family, you got your work, and then you do all this mentoring, and then you do all this learning as well. But I've also been told that you've got sort of a super secret Kubernetes project on the go as well. Like, tell us a bit about that, and how do you get all this time? <laughs> That's a great, great question. So, um, you know, it's it's interesting. I mean, I to be honest, um, you know, I think we all, we have our creature comforts, you know, some of us watch TV and whatnot. I, I definitely do that. I'm, I'm terrible at, um, you name it, the boys, any of these shows, you know, we'll, we'll sit down, uh, my wife, myself, not the kids, mind you, 
like we'll, we'll watch shows at night and I've got my surface out with me. You know, in between breaks, no, no lie. Um, in between commercial breaks, I'm, you know, typing something up or kind of listening to something. I'll have an earbud in one ear and watching the, the video in another. But yeah, it's just, you know, it, it's it's kind of interesting to kind of just squeeze it in. You find these little gaps and and open holes um, in the day that, you know, you go out for a walk or something, just just listen to a quick podcast or you know, kind of listen to, you know, something that. It's just kind of upskilling your brain, keeping you engaged. For the super secret Kubernetes lab, <laughs> uh, so th- this is a good one. And I, to be honest, I, you know, I've been inspired by a lot of folks, again, in the community, just talking about Kubernetes. I, you know, a while ago, probably two years ago, I set up a Raspberry Pi 3. Um, I bought this thing called a cluster hat that sits on top. It's basically hardware attached. You know, on top of the uh, Raspberry Pi, and then it was running four different Raspberry Pi Ws. The problem with that architecture, it, it was great. It could run Docker, it could run containers, but it couldn't run Kubernetes because you need that at least a gig for that master node. Well, I didn't know that when I bought it. You know, I, I still don't know a whole heck of a lot about Kubernetes, but I really want to learn and kind of want to get into it. I started researching and again, social networks, you know, the death scrolling that we have at times. I saw something come past and I saw this guy have a, it was a little tiny device, but it was a board run by 12 volt power and uh, it's got seven sockets on it or seven, you know, open sockets on it. So I'm looking like, what the heck is this? Well, I start researching. So it's this thing called Turing Pi. Um, it allows you to set up a, a Kubernetes cluster or at least a home cluster lab. So you could run different types of clustering environments on it. But for me, I really want to focus on Kubernetes and, and K8s. You could buy as many of the, and be honest, from the like Raspberry Pi devices. I didn't even know these existed, but Raspberry Pi has a, it's like a brother or a twin that's called this um, compute module. So it's a skinny down, it looks just like a little piece of RAM, to be honest. There's no networking or anything on it, but once you s- plug it into the board, you're, you're, you have another computing module and environment. So what I did is I went out and ordered five of the compute modules, uh, what they call a Raspberry Pi CM3, about $40 US dollars each. That gave me 20 cores of computing. Um, and I just recently purchased a Turing Pi. Again, about $189 US dollars. So that'll get here hopefully at the beginning of December. So it might be a really good timing for this, this new um, uh, gig that you gentlemen have going on, right? Mm-hmm. For the holiday. <laughs> so I'll let you talk about the holiday thing for a second <laughs> yeah so the, we've just went live for the first of tech calendar yeah so we've revamped the um azure uh, advent calendar a little bit uh, so do you want to talk about it yeah so th- this year um instead of just counting down to christmas day which obviously isn't open to everyone because not everyone celebrates christmas we decided to open it up to not just azure but to all technologies and not just Christmas. So we're this year, we're going to actually count down all the way up to the new year. So December the 1st to December the 31st. 
lots of content, lots of learning, hopefully Twitch streams, video content, workshops, hackathons, you name it, we're trying to get it all in because video this year is sort of blown up because of COVID. So we're trying to make it more engaging and interactive. So hopefully everyone can get involved and join in the fun. Uh, quite you, Chris. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. 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 Yeah, I already have a couple ideas, so we'll, we'll get those submitted here shortly. Um, Thanks. Yeah, so, and I know, so, you know, we can laugh for a second, but my ADHD brain, of course, hops all over the place. So the real reason why, you know, I kind of want to set up this Kubernetes lab at home, I really want to kind of jump into... Um, not just Kubernetes, but learning from the ground up with Kubernetes, kind of monitoring it, which I understand I could use either Prometheus or Grafana to to kind of build some uh, metrics and you know information about the environment. But then I want to kind of bolt on um, almost like a Lego approach and start using that that AKS environment or that uh, the lab that I have in my house using a site to site Azure VPN and then managing it remotely with Azure Arc. So nice. you know, kind of like just adding piece by piece. And then hopefully one of you two fine gentlemen can skill me up on GitOps because I'm thinking that I might want to, you know, put some desired state configuration behind it too. So sounds awesome. good. Sounds good. That sounds like an awesome little project. You're going to mm-hmm. learn so much cool stuff and I can't wait to see it all unfold as well. I'm sure our listeners can't either. All we needed to do is to turn your Christmas tree on and off. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. With this lab, it might be able to turn everybody's Christmas tree on and off. <laughs> <laughs> Rockefeller trees going on and off. <laughs> That's funny. Chris, Hacktoberfest, are you taking part this year? And if so, tell us about it. Yeah, so, um, you know, what's interesting is... Uh, I, I started to look at Hacktoberfest, and I I think the first day or two, there was a little bit of a community sprawl with it. I know a few, few people tried to, like, game the system. They were doing this whole, like, T-shirt thing or whatever else. To be honest, I, I did not go back to it yet because I, I kind of put out a community post saying, guys, really, come on. You know, it's it's not just about T-shirts or the free stuff. Um, mm. This is about trying to make open source better and making, you know, a collective approach better for everybody. So, um, yes, I plan to get back to it. I've been lazy. Um, I, I guess, you know, my definition of lazy probably is not you know, appropriate for everybody else's. But, mm. <laughs> but yeah, I, I plan to at least spend some time out there and, you know, anybody that's just listening to this, I would encourage you to to go out and find, you know, a couple projects, a couple open source projects that you can contribute to. Not just comments, though that is valuable, but um, really, truly, like, go find something that you're passionate about and see if there's, you know, component that you can help brush up on. Even the smallest feature makes a big difference, so. Yeah, definitely. I think this year I might even start looking into it because I think instead of getting a T-shirt, you can also plant a tree, which is a win in my book. You know, yeah. You look after the planet. It's a great idea. Mm, definitely. Yeah. Hopefully more people go for the trees and the T-shirts this year because, <laughs> uh, you know, we've got to save this planet. It's going crazy with COVID and everything else that's going on. This uh, we all got to live here. So I'm passionate about that. 
Earlier we talked about Ignite and how you did an awesome sort of talk there and everything. What other conferences have you been to that are your favorite and, and why? Yeah, great question. So outside of Microsoft, this year, I mean, I attended Build. Again, it was virtual. There were a few, I'm trying to think back, uh, again, a law firm. So they have a International Legal uh, Technology Association. So they call it ILTA. That usually draws just legal firms. And, you know, it kind of, it's a different approach. Folks come and talk either from a, like a managerial perspective or from a, a tech perspective, but it's not like the, you know, the three to 400 level talks we're somewhat used to, but still just as engaging. It's more of a, you know, kind of, again, this community piece where you're kind of talking with other companies, other law firms saying, how did you do this? We're running into this situation, um, you know, more so now than even in 2014 when I had attended this, you know, compliance, compliance is a huge thing. Security is getting to be even more huge than it was. All important pieces and facets of every business, but especially more so for legal. Um, when you think about, you know, the type of data that's, that's being transmitted between attorneys and clients. So yeah, that's <clears throat> from a compliance aspect, you know, huge. Think back to, I know a SharePoint conference I attended once, but um, recently I, I'd give a nod to Teams Day. Um, there was a, there was a um, conference called Teams Day Online, and I was absolutely blown away by what these folks had built inside of Teams. So, you know, we're, we're used to the traditional conference, you know, you, you walk, um, hopefully not for miles, but, you know, sometimes in some cases we do. But we had to walk between sessions and, you know, you have to, you got a backpack on, you're, you're grabbing different things, whatever else. For the Teams Day Online, these, these folks built an entire, basically Teams structure, um, channels, you name it, where basically just had like water cooler talk spaces. They had different session spaces. Um, it was kind of, kind of impressive. So. It's interesting to see, you know, I was thinking like last year, my goodness, all this, this is going to be so futuristic. And now I'm like, well, this is just now. It's it's mm -hmm. today. It's it's happening right now. So. It's the after part, as I miss from the conferences. Like, you know, I Ignite, we went to uh, Universal Studios and stuff like that. Don't get any of that online. <laughs> no, no, you're, you're absolutely right. Yeah, I just, I mean, I, I would say this from, you know, these, the modern conferences now, I think it's, it's much harder um, to network. I mean, to be honest, I, I met up with you and um, both of you last year for the first time. Um, you know, we, we talked on Twitter, but meeting up in person, it's a whole different experience. You don't have that. And I think, you know, that's one thing that's kind of missing right now is how do you engage? How do you network with other folks during these, um, you know, virtual or digital only experiences, it's incredibly difficult. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, yeah, I definitely do miss the, the kind of conversations of people you've never met. Or sorry, <laughs> yeah. You speak to on Twitter, but you've never actually met. Then when you meet them face to face, it's fantastic. 
Okay, Chris, what's your favourite place in the world? Some people would probably never have heard of. Oh, that's an incredibly difficult question. (laughs) (laughs) Favourite place or favourite person? I'm sorry. Place, place. Place. Well, so... I'll say this. It's a place that is not very far away from my location here in Rochester, New York. Um, and there's a couple of reasons for that, but I'll give you the place first. So it's uh, called Letchworth Park. Um, it's, you know, in, in upstate New York, a lot of the parks here have been kind of formed years ago by glaciers and, and things of that nature, uh, you know, millions of years ago. So we have different formations of either ponds or lakes, um, a lot of waterfalls, but um, Letchworth Park is just incredibly beautiful. There's hiking trails everywhere. There's just this, uh, it's the Genesee River that kind of unusual in the United States, flows from south to north. So um, it, it's it's kind of an interesting, uh, you know, just experience, but again, a lot of waterfalls. Um, it's especially beautiful at this point in time. Um, we're like right in the peak of fall season here in the United States. So the colors are just magnificent. And while I haven't had the chance yet, uh, and I'm not sure that I will anytime soon, but um, there are hot air balloon rides that you can kind of take over as well um, to just kind of experience the, the environment. So um, definitely one of my favorite places um my wife and i were kind of married just right around the corner from there so it's it's got a little place in my heart and hopefully other people that are listening to this uh, you know will find that same place and enjoy it as much as i do yeah that's really cool i, I, I don't think i've ever heard of ever river going uh, that way before so i've just learned something um, that's cool is, uh, when when you said park, being English, um, I just thought you meant like a, a field uh, with a, maybe a playground and something like that. And then you started oh. describing it, and it's like, wow, this is something <laughs> totally different. Yeah, um, and that's that's a good point. So yeah, it's um, you know, in in the United States, more of a park is. Uh, in this particular instance, um, we're talking quite a large, large section of of area. Um, you know, it spans from like one, I guess, county because the United States and most of the, the the individual states are broken up into counties. But it's it spans from one county to the next, so it takes probably thirty five to forty five minutes to drive from one side to the other, if that gives an example of of wow. how large it is. So that's big. Yeah, and camping. You can't go wrong with camping either. So no, that's true. Okay, so I've got one more question for you, Chris. If you could pick someone you know who isn't well known and would be amazing to get on our podcast, who would you choose and why? So this is, again, incredibly difficult question, but I think I have just the right person. As I said before, and as we kind of kick this off, you know, I'm working with a few people that I've been mentoring. And um, this was an assigned mentor-mentee relationship through the ambassador program, but the guy that I'm working with, Cole Ellis, he's a fantastic brain, um, fantastic student. Uh, he's going to Southern University. He is currently studying right now in engineering, but the the short while that I've been working with him, and we say probably like 40 to 50 days of mentoring, um, 
he is really just intrigued by, um, you know, AI and machine learning in general. Um, he's had a few internships uh, at different companies, GM, uh, General Motors being one of them. Um, but I think that kind of sparked his interest. Um, some of the questions I had asked him was, you know, again, around that, what can you kind of do with your skill set and what you're learning to really make tech for good? And um, he and I've been kind of, and I don't want to spill the beans, but we've been kind of working um, with another um, Power Apps MVP to kind of co-design and just work through a proof of concept for something that, um, again, he's just got an incredible idea on. Um, it's something that I think pretty much everyone could use, um, you know, to just get some uh, like financial literacy. Um, so yeah, it's um, it, it'd be a really interesting person to have on the show for sure. Um, I'd know he'd be game for it. And, um, you know, I, I think you both would be kind of blown away with where his mind is at such a young age. Um, I'm definitely impressed by his, uh, you know, his mindset and his skills. So I know others would be as well. Nice. I'm definitely going to have to keep an eye out for his project and um, see if I can find him on uh, social and LinkedIn. And hopefully we'll get him on the show one day soon. Uh, yeah, be fantastic. Yeah, definitely. So I think that's pretty much all we've got time for today, uh, Chris. So um, thanks very much for coming on. Um, it's been awesome having you and speaking to you and picking your brain. Um, so uh, yeah, thanks everyone. And I hope everyone enjoyed the show and they are able to take something away with them today from you. Thank you for having me. <laughs>